This is Father Kevin Hale with the homily for the 23rd Sunday of the year, the 4th of September. This Sunday, Pope Francis will declare Mother Teresa of Calcutta a saint. This diminutive little figure who influenced governments and world leaders would never have considered herself a saint as others did in her own lifetime. But it was what she prayed she might become every day of her life. When she accepted the call to follow Christ after the pattern of the Gospel of this Sunday, she made a complete surrender of her life to Christ, which is a pattern for all Christian living. When someone joins a religious order, male or female, unlike the priests of a diocese who are subject to the bishop, they take religious vows. They vow poverty, chastity, obedience. These vows have the same binding effect as do the marriage vows. And it's a kind of marriage in that there is something nuptial about entering a permanent, exclusive relationship with Christ. It's a moving ceremony to see a young person consecrating their very life to God. In some religious orders, when monks and nuns are professed, they actually are covered with a black funeral pall to signify their death to the world. And then that coming back to new life totally given over to Christ. Part of the ceremony also involves signing a copy of the vows, which are placed on the altar underneath the corporal on which rests the body and blood of our Lord during the Mass. These little symbols emphasise that total offering of life in union with that of Jesus given for us in the Eucharistic sacrifice. And indeed, a religious habit that is worn is a sign of contempt for worldly dress in favour of a simple, uniform, exterior sign of interior consecration to God. Whenever someone chooses to follow Christ in this life, it necessarily involves a process of discernment and also a readiness to self-sacrifice. The vows which religious men and women take, as the promises I made when I was ordained, are now openly challenged as irrelevant and ridiculous, at least in our decadent Western world. It seems we can hardly believe that anyone should want to give their life for someone to this degree. And the same cynicism now extends to the married state. Should anyone be expected to give their lives for someone to this extent for life? So the argument of the world goes. The call of Jesus is clear. He wants people of every walk of life, as in every generation before us, who are prepared to give up everything we possess in order to be his disciples. The things of this world come in many different forms. Material, personal, relational, intellectual. And any of these can be an impediment if they prevent us from that total act of self-giving which is the cost and requirement of Christian discipleship. And in this, I would like to suggest that the most important virtue for us in following Jesus is perseverance. The Gospel says that great crowds follow Jesus. But the question we might ask is, how many were following him at the end? Well, we know, very few. Our Lady, St John, a couple of the women... It might have seemed like the latest craze when Jesus started preaching 
And it was maybe trendy to follow him in the same way people go after celebrities nowadays and look how long they last. It's easy to follow Jesus at the start when things are going great. But will I follow him to the bitter end? That's the question the gospel raises. Now, Jesus senses that this is what's going to happen. And so he issues one of the greatest slap-you-in-the-face challenges. Here they were, all upbeat and happy, and he says, unless anyone comes to me without hating his mother, father, brother, sister, and his own life too, they cannot be by disciple. Imagine how well that went down. The spiritual life is all about loving the things of this world for the sake of God. That is the cost of discipleship. St Ignatius of Loyola says it's about having complete indifference to the things of the world so that we can possess Jesus better. No one and no thing can be loved to such an extent that they dominate or take over our lives in such a way that God is secondary. We all idolise the one we love or the things that are precious to us. Jesus is saying that we can do that we won't belong to him. If we take the family of which Jesus speaks, both parents and children have to realise that their lives are not about them. They're about a power, a higher power to which they belong. This is what Jesus is reminding us. Don't possess one another to the extent that they are the most important things in life. Because Jesus is the very incarnation of God. Therefore, he must be loved first and last. For all of us sinners, even our own lives can become gods to us. And so the most radical part of this is that we have to hate our own lives too. Everything in our ego has to be shifted from us to him. And in that we find our freedom. We find life and happiness. It's a whole new way of looking at our life. Love God And then your whole life in relation to God. This is how we must end. With the same enthusiasm with which we began. That is perseverance. And in spiritual terms, it's what we mean by living and dying in God's friendship. In a state of grace. And that is how Mother Teresa and every other saint became saints. Mary did this above all others. The 8th of December, this Thursday, is the day we celebrate her birthday. She loved no one and no thing above Jesus. And in that relationship, we see her fulfilment. By looking at her, we see what we have been created to be, and how, like her, we can live out our lives in fidelity to Christ, in perseverance, to the end. Let us pray. O God, by whom we are redeemed and receive adoption, look graciously upon your beloved sons and daughters, that those who believe in Christ may receive true freedom and an everlasting inheritance. We make this prayer through Christ our Lord. Amen.